I've always been a sales rep in industries where there's just way too many competitors all competing over the same business. So the question really becomes, how can you possibly stand out when you have just a ton of competitors out there? In this week's episode of the Sales Playbook Podcast, I'm going to share with you what I've always done about it. My name is Paul Castain from Castain Training Systems, and I'm the author of the YourSalesPlaybook.com blog and your host for the Sales Playbook Podcast. I've personally trained over 50,000 sales reps, sales leaders, and business owners to sell more. So get your playbooks ready, because school is now in session. This week's episode of the Sales Playbook Podcast is brought to you by our 2022 sales program. As always, we're going to be talking all about it at the end of the podcast. Of course, if you happen to be impatient like me and you'd like to learn more now, visit YourSalesPlaybook.com slash sales22. Now, if you've been listening to me for a little while, you know that I like to get, just get right down to business in the podcast. I think there are a lot of podcasts out there. You listen to them. All of a sudden, you're eight, nine minutes in. They're still talking to you about what they're going to be talking to you about. I, I just like to get right down to it. So forgive me. We're just going to get right into it. We're going to be discussing our topic today is how you can possibly stand apart from all your other competitors, but more importantly, help your potential client understand why you have the better solution, what makes you different. In fact, I always believe that people buy difference and we have to be really good at communicating ours. This handy dandy little tactic will help you do it. So if you guys are ready, let's get down to it. So you ready for this? Start using analogies, right? Especially analogies that are vivid, descriptive, And that the beautiful thing about analogies is that they take something familiar to us, right? Familiar to the prospect. And they kind of compare it or bridge it, right? Or like you kind of bridge that gap between something that is familiar and known with something that they really don't know, right? And that kind of familiar thing is going to help them understand that which is unfamiliar, right? Your solution. So I have several examples of how I use analogies. And before we get down to what they are, it's very important that you understand something. That from the moment I was officially selling, I've always sold, right? I've always been a sales rep in industries where there was just way too many competitors. For example, I was in the printing industry, And many of you know me, actually, from the printing industry. And (laughs) there are tons of competitors in the printing industry. I also, for a period of time, worked for a franchising company. And we had the franchise end, which I sold franchises. But then I also led uh, the sales force for this uh, regional office of theirs. And we sold cleaning services. Again, another industry that's saturated with competitors. Now, most recently, what I do for a living is, right, I work as a sales trainer and a sales coach. You guys know there's no shortage of 
sales coaches and sales trainers out there and quote unquote sales leaders. So what am I doing about it? How am I setting myself apart? Now, I mean, there's a lot of different ways I could answer that. I mean, certainly things like this podcast where I'm doing a lot of personal branding and demonstrating my expertise to you, right? Hopefully anyway, Uh, there are other things that I've always done. And the thing that has worked very well for me, one of the things is the use of analogy. So let me give you a few examples to drive the point home. Let's take the, the thing that I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. I mentioned that we have our 2022 sales program. Now, there are no shortage of sales programs out there, right? I mean, I think we would all have to agree on that. And if you're nodding your head right now, just know I can't see you, but I think it's cool that you're doing it. And I want to acknowledge that in case you were. And so there's no shortage. So what makes my program different? I could say, well, it's different, right? Well, there's a lot of ways I guess I could attempt to to, to convince you and how it makes a difference, uh, how, how it's different. But one of the things that I do, it's the way that I explain one of the key components of the program is there's this part of the program where I'm available to you and you're able between sessions to bounce ideas off of me, right? You kind of have that, you know, between session support where let's just say you want to send out an email and you want to bounce it off of me. Hey, Paul, what do you think of this? Anything that you could recommend? Would you change anything? Maybe you receive an email from a potential client. Paul, what do you think? Like, how should I respond to this or whatever? It might be a situation where uh, you have a deal that's stalling out and you want to have that support. Hey, Paul, you know, here's where we're at. You know, could you give me some feedback? So I can explain all that to people. But what I do is I say it a few different ways, but I, I use a bit of an analogy. And I say it's like having your own help desk for the sales department right? Or sometimes what I'll say, it's like having your own in-house sales training, you know, department without the overhead of that. So that's one of the ways that I might use it, right? Now, going back, you remember I said before I worked for a franchiser of cleaning services. Now, when we were selling the commercial cleaning contracts, many times our ideal client, right? There's all kinds of clients, that we had, you know, some of them in the medical space. Um, But one of the ideal uh, clients that we would uh, try to get in front of were the multi-tenant office buildings. So a lot of the time, again, they thought cleaners were a dime a dozen. They was like, you know, you know, you all sound the same, right? So one of the things that we wanted to convey to them, we called it the franchise concept. And what the franchise concept is, this concept that it's not just an employee that's coming in to, you know, making X amount of dollars an hour, coming into your business after hours, that you're going to give the keys to. It's not just an hourly employee. It's actually a business owner that you're going to be trusting the keys to. So again, you might hear that and nod your head, but how do we really solidify that? Um, A lot of people we found were nodding their head, but not really grasping how important that was to them, right? So what we did was we came up with an analogy and we're going to take something familiar which I'm going to share with you in a minute and use it 
to make them understand and help them understand something that's unfamiliar. In this particular case, it's the franchise concept. I mean, who the hell goes around in life talking about the franchise concept, right? Like, why should they care about that? So the analogy we used, it started off with a question, right? So if I were talking to the prospect and my prospect is Janice, I would say, hey, Janice, quick question. Have you ever uh, rented a car? And pretty much everybody has rented a car at some point, right? So again, something that's familiar. And I would say, let me ask you a question. Before you brought it back to, uh, you know, the car rental place, did you, you know, wash it, wax it, give it a good tune-up, and rotate the tires and all? And I'd usually get a laugh, and people would be like, no. And I'd say, yeah, if you're like me, you probably left your coffee cup in the damn thing, right? But let me ask you a question. Um, The car you own, do you do those things? Do you, you know, get it washed and waxed and tuned up and tires rotated? Of course. And I would ask them, I'd say, well, you know, let me just ask you a quick question. You know, why would you do that with your car and not do it with the rental car? And, you know, like, and I would have fun with it. I would say, you know, I allow myself one stupid question a day, like one silly question a day. Why would you not do those things, you know, with that? Well, because I don't own it. And then I'd say right there is the difference between us and other companies. You know, you have somebody who really doesn't own it and is not going to treat it like their business. They're going to treat it like, you know, a $14 an hour job as opposed to somebody who owns it, right? There's a pride in ownership. There's a certain level of care that you have for something when you, in fact, own it. And really, if you have a choice between the two, who would you rather trust the keys to your place to after hours? So do you see what we did there? We used an analogy to take uh, something that's very familiar and allow them to become more familiar with that which is unfamiliar to them, right? Let me give you another example. From the same industry, we were, uh, and I'm saying we, uh, I was in the process, I was like so close to closing this one deal, again, in the commercial cleaning space, and it was a chain of dental centers. And um, I believe the technical term uh, for this person I was dealing with was that he was a prick. I mean, he really was. I mean, he was just difficult as hell. And um, he made it very clear that um, he agreed to this meeting with us under protest that he absolutely had a high level of hatred toward commercial cleaning companies because they've screwed him over. They, they've robbed him. They've, uh, they've left the place you know, filthy and charged him for it. All kinds of things. So how do you, in this case show that you're different, but really what you're really selling against here is not necessarily all your competitors. You're really selling against the concept of them continuing to do it in-house. So that's where analogies can work very well too. In a situation where you're competing with somebody, you know, maybe doing it in-house or whatever, instead of trying something right? Trying something new. So what I did was I used an analogy, but remember taking something that's familiar and helping them understand something that's not familiar. So here, what I was trying to do is to simply give us a shot because we're, you know, more reputable company. We're a company that you know, we we were we received all kinds of accolades. We had a wonderful success story, lots of of happy customers. So, what I did was, 
I used an analogy and I said, you know what? This really reminds me an awful lot of an absolutely horrific root canal that I had years ago. Remember, I'm speaking to someone. This was an actual dentist, by the way. I forgot to mention that. An absolutely just horrific experience I had when I had a a root canal. And um, the whole thing went bad really, really fast. Um, I it, it became so infected. You know, I was calling there and they were blowing off my calls and everything. They were making it like it was a really big deal to see me. I was explaining what kind of pain I was in. You know, I won't even go into all the graphic detail here. I don't want to turn anybody's stomach, but it was bad. It was even to the point I could barely talk. The infection was so bad. And they once again just kind of like blew it off. And they were like, well, no, it's like they were making it like I was making a big deal over it. And meanwhile, like I could barely open my mouth. I ended up by having to go to someone else and the infection was just so bad at this point that it was like weeks to recover from it. And the whole time I'm telling the story, which is a a thousand percent true gear, if there is such a thing as a thousand percent, he's just like totally understanding, wow, that really sucks. And he's like, you know, you did the right thing by leaving that dentist or whatever and, and giving someone else a shot. And that's when I said it to him. I said, and that's really what I'm asking you to do. Not, you know, I didn't sit there and write off your entire industry because of one bad person. Now, whether you've had one bad experience or two or three or four or whatever, I'm here to tell you just like, you know, what you were saying, not all dentists are bad. Not all cleaning companies are bad. Why don't you give us a shot? So I used that analogy. The last analogy example that I want to give you is is from my business. And there's a few different parts of my business. Of course, I have the coaching side and the training side, but I do a lot of keynote speeches, a lot of kickoff meetings, a lot of regional sales meetings, even uh, call-in guests. Uh, I'm a call-in guest for a lot of, you know, small sales meetings, like on a conference call or something like that, just to kind of liven it up a little bit and offer some training. And there's no shortage of people that are doing keynote speeches, right? So, how can I possibly convey what makes me different when everybody just kind of sees us as all the same? So I need to stand out from these people. So what I do is I use an analogy and I say to my potential client, I say, you know what? On the surface, a lot of keynote speakers look the same. And what happens is the vast majority of them will do an absolutely amazing job of pumping up your team. There's going to be a lot of rah-rah. There's going to be a lot of, you know, let's get them, and you're going to want to tear bumpers off of cars, right? And so now, like, it's kind of disarming because I'm I'm not bad-mouthing my competitors yet. I'm kind of not really going to, like, come out and bad-mouth them, but I'm going to let them know there's a kind of a flaw in that argument. And I say, what typically happens is that it's a lot like a Red Bull adrenaline rush, right? You drink a Red Bull, you're ready to kick ass. You're fired up. It's going to be the same thing with the majority of the keynote speakers out there. They're going to fire up your team, motivational. They're going to tell you stories that's going to have you crying and an emotional roller coaster. And just like that Red Bull adrenaline rush, you know what comes after that? The debilitating crash. By the time your group gets to the airport, that rah-rah will have worn off. 
And at that point, if there's no substance and there's no actual like, hey, do these three things when you get back or, you know, here's a six step prospecting game plan for you. All you really would have had here is a Red Bull adrenaline rush. Now, I use that all the time to show what's different. And then I talk about how I'm different and how I avoid the Red Bull adrenaline rush. And make no mistake, if you hire me to come in and and speak to your team, I'm not going to put them to sleep, man. I haven't lost any patience yet. I'm going to come out there too, and I'm going to pump the hell out of them, man. I'm going to get them going. I want them tearing bumpers off of car, cars, but man, there's going to be some assignments afterwards. We're going to have some follow-up things. I have some reinforcement stuff for your teams. I'm going to give them, you know, takeaways and all kinds of good stuff. But the last thing that you can do with an analogy and even if you tuned in last time we talked about how you can use stories also to achieve the same end result of showing your difference you know it's very important that you don't convey your difference once just one time to people we just kind of said this is what makes us different you have to use repetition because if you don't people You can't give have that much faith in the human race that we hear something once and we have zero distraction and that's it. We've we've got it. We own it. You'll never have to say it to them again. No, you can't bank on that. There's a lot of noise out there. So what you have to do is continue to reinforce these things in a way that you're not being repetitive. So it's kind of repetition without being repetitious, right? Kind of crazy, but that's how it works. But one of the things you could do once you use an analogy or a story or whatever is kind of do some things to reinforce it so what did i do with that red bull adrenaline rush thing that i was talking about what i'll do to reinforce it because everybody seems to really like that right i mean lots of salespeople do red bulls a lot of people are into fitness and so they kind of they understand the deal with a red bull and it does make you feel that way so what i'll do to reinforce it sometimes is i'll send a case of red bull to the prospect and I'll say that, you know, if <laughs> if you know you make the wrong choice, sometimes this case of Red Bull might be a lot cheaper and give you, you know, the effect that you want if you're not looking for, you know, actual tangible takeaways. If you just want the rah-rah, man, just buy the damn case of Red Bull. Get everybody, have them do a group shotgun together. It'll be cheaper for you. So it's very, very important that you reinforce it. So that's, you know... That's really all I have for you, right? And again, I want to end with something I began with earlier. I want you to understand that people buy difference. So what do I mean by that? People are always, and when I say people, I mean you and I too, not just buyers. I mean, we buy shit, right? But people are always looking, well, what's the difference between A and B? What's the difference between, you know, Uh, this time you know levi jeans and wrangler jeans what's the difference right and we have to help them connect the dots and i think the problem with a lot of companies and i've certainly worked for companies like this and i've also been guilty of what i'm about to tell you we're so used to understanding what makes us different that we don't take the time to help the prospect connect the dots. And we assume everyone else out there is gonna instantly connect the dots. You should never assume that. 
You should always come prepared to help someone really understand it. Even when they nod their head and you're like, okay, I, I'm pretty sure they understand it. Just understanding it might not be enough. We don't want them to just understand it. We want them to own it. And that's what you that's what you want to do as well. So you have an assignment and your assignment is I want you to create analogies that help you convey, guess what, your difference. Also, you can use analogies to help you solidify a selling point. And last but not least, you want to, once you create that first analogy, <coughs> pardon me while I cough in your ear, ladies and gentlemen, but you want to create them for different stages of the sales cycle. For example, when you approach and, and prospect, right? You want analogies for that. When you're doing a demo, perhaps, right? And maybe, you know, in a case of where you have somebody who is a cynic and skeptical, like I use with that dentist, have an analogy in your back pocket, okay? Now, before you go, one of the ways that you can seriously expedite your results this year and going forward is having an accountability partner. The beauty of an accountability partner is that they can gently push you to do more. You know, it's almost like if you've gone to the gym and you're lifting weights, you kind of have somebody spotting you, right? Kind of just pushes you in a way, gently, right? And, and, And in a friendly manner, to do more. It's the same thing. See, I kind of used an analogy there. Did you catch what I did? And um, you can also have an accountability partner that, you know, kind of gently gives you that gentle nudge to do some of the things you avoid. We, We avoid those things that make us uncomfortable. I think it's also important to have an accountability partner that calls you out, but as a friend, not not as a dick, you know, not somebody that's there and it's going to berate you like a drill sergeant. I don't mean that at all. There's nothing wrong with being respectfully called out. I mean, we all need that sooner or later, and I'm hoping you agree with that, but also really to just help you do the work. And I know a lot of people make this mistake and say, well, I hold myself accountable. And I have to be blunt with you and tell you that I, I'm going to call bullshit on that one. You might think you do, but you are not going to do it at the level as someone else who's actually dedicated to it because you may not think you cut yourself a break, uh, th- that, you know, that, that you're, you're absolutely going to refuse to cut yourself a break, but you do. And certainly not at the, you know, you're not going to have the level of accountability with yourself as someone else will with you. So that's one of the many benefits of joining our 2022 sales program. In fact, let me just tell you how I would hold you accountable. Every At the end of every session, and we do two a month, by the way, I'm going to ask you for action items. And what I typically do when somebody gives me action items is if somebody gives me like a ridiculous amount of action items, I'm also going to say, hey, look, you know, instead of having these 10 things that you're going to do, why don't we, you know, why don't we do five or six and really like bring them to an awesome level, right? But by the same token, if at the end of that session, somebody says, well, here's going to be my action items and it's just, (laughs) they're babying themselves. Yeah, I'm going to basically do the equivalent of breathing air, 
uh, and tying my shoes every day, you better believe I'm going to call you out. And so the end of every session, we're going to have those action items. Uh, One week later, I ask all of the participants to send me an update on those action items. Uh, There also, there's going to be homework assignments, so there's accountability there. But then at the beginning of the very next session, I'm going to ask you, okay, listen, you know, give me an update. You know, how did you do? You said you were going to do A, B, and C. Let's go through each one of them. So you have that accountability. Now, the program that I'm talking about, it includes two 45-minute sessions where it's completely one-on-one. You're not going to be in a group with you know a bunch of other sales reps you certainly can't hide in the back of the class because you know there's like almost like in college where you have 200 people in a lecture hall or whatever it's just gonna be me and you and you're gonna have support between the sessions you remember earlier (coughs) pardon me i was talking about uh like that help desk functionality thing you'll get feedback between sessions you're gonna get templates and scripts and here's the best part the way I've structured the pricing on this is one that you don't have to sell off a kidney to join the program. It's only $400 per month per sales rep. So if you happen to be uh, a sales rep and you're listening to this, we should have a conversation. And you can certainly do that by just shooting me an email, paul at playbook.com. If you happen to be a sales manager, and probably one of the biggest benefits I can offer you as a sales manager is an understanding that you have a limited bandwidth. And if you have to support a bunch of sales reps, I can take that off of your plate. And I could certainly, you know, at least compliment the great work that you're already doing. And uh, if you'd like to learn more, please visit YourSalesPlaybook.com slash Sales22. YourSalesPlaybook.com slash Sales22. With that, I'm Paul Castain from YourSalesPlaybook.com. I am wishing you an incredible week ahead. Go get them. The Sales Playbook Podcast is a Castain Training Systems production. Be sure to subscribe to our blog by visiting YourSalesPlaybook.com slash subscribe.